Hello and welcome everyone to the Bring the Sting podcast. I'm your host, Evan Birchmore. Guys, today is Monday, March the 21st, 2022. And on today, Victory Monday is back yet again, guys. That's right, Victory Monday as the Hornets go 3-0 on the week. Been really excited to record this episode, guys. And as I've said before, I love doing the podcast. I'm going to record the podcast weekly no matter what happens. We're going to keep it up over the offseason. But man, is it fun when you win. The fun is in the winning, guys. I'm sure you all can relate. And guys, when you go 3-0 and on a week, you run the winning streak up to four games overall with a chance to add on to that this week, guys. It's good to be a Hornet right now. And things have been a bit tough in recent weeks. I know we've had therapy Mondays on this show. I know things have not always been uh, super pleasant, if you will, uh, especially on the podcast, on Twitter, just in the Hornets fan base. But guys, I hope you don't lose sight of the small things and take a moment on this Monday to celebrate a four-game win streak, to celebrate being in ninth in the East, to celebrate being over 500 yet again, to celebrate a squad that seems to be gelling and and grooving and clicking at the right time, guys. That's crucial, and and just don't lose sight of that. I, I know it's very easy to look ahead to the week ahead, look ahead to the postseason, and what potential matchup might be coming Charlotte's way. But, like, don't lose sight of the fact that this was a really good week. So I want to take a moment to highlight that before we get into anything else. And, guys, of course, the week started off last Monday in Oklahoma City, guys, as you took on the Thunder. Now, a a quick interesting note about this. Now, we all know, like, from the season perspective overall, the schedule was very road-heavy early on. You had, you know, a few West Coast road trips, if you will, that took you out out West and playing some of the Western Conference teams. Guys, this was the first trip west of the Mississippi since December against the Nuggets. That's right, because you played in Minneapolis against the T-Wolves and in New Orleans against the Pelicans. Those were the furthest west you had been since December. So you go out to OKC. So, you know, it's been a a conference-heavy schedule and a home-heavy schedule in the past several weeks. But you take care of business in OKC, guys. OKC, uh, you know, not a very good team. They're well-run, I believe. Like, they're a well-run franchise. They're just clearly rebuilding, and we're down several players. Uh, Josh Giddy did not play in this game. They're rookies. So, again, a game you should have won, but it got off to a dicey start. I mean, you're down 12 after that first quarter, uh, but you're able to have a strong second and third quarter and get it into a comfortable position where you end up winning the game by 18 Uh, But that first quarter was a bit dicey, so shout out to the Thunder. I mean, they came out and and threw their punches. They were not intimidated. They did not roll over. They came out and played hard in that first quarter, guys. But the Hornets, again, weathering the storm. You don't want to get down in these first quarters and just, oh, well, mail it in, you know, long road trip, headed home this week. This was a game you needed to win because it's a game you should have won. And in the position that Charlotte's in, Every game is crucial as far as seeding, as far as the standings, as far as what matchup you might get. Heck, potentially having home court in the 9-10 matchup in the play-in game. So every game is crucial, and you need to get these victories that you're expected to. And you did just that, guys. I want to tip my cap uh, to Isaiah Thomas, who really kind of sparked the comeback effort in the second quarter. Isaiah Thomas had 12 points on the night, four assists in 17 minutes, guys. I mean, what can you say? Just a fantastic pickup. He's on his second 10-day now. I really hope he's kept on for the rest of the season, guys. Just, you know, not much else to say. I mean, he is what he is as a player. Like, he's not going to provide a whole lot of defense. He's not a, 
true like floor general type, but as far as a bench heat kind of a guy coming in, getting buckets, like he's almost kind of like what some fans thought Booknight could be at this point. And I say that not to to diminish James Booknight, but Isaiah Thomas has been around the block and he has played playoff basketball and, and that is valuable to a young team where, you know, you look at this roster. I mean, besides the playing game last year, who else has done that? I mean, of course, Isaiah has. Uh, Terry Rozier has been in some playoff series. Uh, you know, Plumley has been in the playoffs before. And Gordon Hayward, who's still injured, hopefully will be back soon. But again, like that is valuable. And he's just been terrific in the locker room, on the bench. Like it doesn't matter whether he's getting minutes, whether he's on the bench. His demeanor is the same. He's he's the same great teammate. And that's what you want to see from your guys. So tip of the cap to you, Isaiah Thomas. Fantastic performance yet again Monday night against the Thunder, which leads you into Wednesday night. Big time matchup here in Charlotte against the Hawks, guys. And I talked about this last week where I almost felt like this week or the past week, rather. The games were sort of in order of difficulty, if you will. Like, OKC, you should win. You did. The Hawks in your home court, kind of a toss-up. And then the Mavericks coming to town. I thought that was going to be a really challenging game, a challenging matchup. Uh, But first things first, you take care of the Hawks. You get a huge victory. And guys, a playoff-type atmosphere, playoff vibes at the Spectrum Center. A a big game in what essentially, I mean, will go a long way toward determining the final standings in the East, guys. And you get the job done. Again, no John Collins for the Hawks, but you had no Gordon Hayward. So, uh, you know, the, the the tables were fairly equal, I would think. Uh, and, and just a fantastic job on Trey Young, guys. You limit him to nine points. He did have 15 assists, but again, nine points for Trey Young. If you can hold him to nine points, you're going to love your chances. And again, it got dicey coming down the stretch, but tip of the cap, P.J. Washington. I thought really the turning point of that game was PJ drove baseline for a dunk and missed it. There's a little over four minutes left in the game. From that point on, he missed the dunk, and then Cody Martin got a loose ball foul going for the rebound. From that point on, PJ Washington scored 13 points between that point and around the one-minute mark remaining in the game. And then LaMelo put the uh, put the bow on it with a deep three with under a minute to go. Guys, you get the victory, 116-106 on your home court. A big one, a big one. And it almost felt like, I hate to say, like the wins you've been getting were either wins you expected to get, like the Pelicans, the Thunder, uh, you know, even the Spurs, I feel like you could put in that category. Or you kind of kept te- caught teams sleeping and teams that might be regressing a little bit, like, you know, the Cavs, for instance, when you went up to Cleveland and beat them. None of that to diminish those victories. All that to say, though, like this game against the Hawks, had been circled for quite a while. I mean, this was one you looked forward to, and you showed up. You didn't shrink in the moment. You you showed up for a big game, and that's what you want to see. You want to play well in the biggest games because come postseason, every game's a big game. There is no, you know, sneaking into town on a back-to-back and catching someone on an off night. Like, you got to bring it every night. And so I'm, I'm very glad to see that they responded to, you know, pressure. And I forget who said this. Pardon me, but it was some, um, you know, pressure is a privilege. And by that, I mean, like, pressure means there's expectations and opportunity to do good things. Like, there's no expectation on, you know, the 2012 Bobcats. Like, they didn't have a lot of pressure, right, because they were a a bad team. And 
by that, I mean, just like pressure is a privilege in the sense that it means you're playing for something. And so that's exactly the case you found yourself in on Wednesday. Job well done. Took care of home court. And that leads you into Saturday. The Dallas Mavericks coming to town. And guys, a challenging matchup. Like anytime the other team has a guy like Luka, it's tough. I mean, you know, in basketball, one guy can dominate the game in a way that it's difficult to in like a sport like football or baseball or other sports like basketball. If you have the best player on your team, you have a great chance, no matter what the rest of the circumstances may be. That being said, Dallas was on the second leg of a back-to-back. They were on a road trip. They had played in Philadelphia the night before. Charlotte was pretty well-rested, had two straight days off uh, after that game against the Hawks. And Charlotte came out firing, guys. You're up 11 after the first quarter. Uh, just It blitzed them at the beginning of the game and, and really just kind of led wire to wire and came out of the gates in the third quarter when it was a nine-point game uh, after the half and just kind of put a bow on it. Outscored them by 13 and... You know, fantastic job. Really no doubt about this one. And not the outcome I expected. I mean, not to say I didn't think Charlotte could win this game. I just didn't expect it in this manner. Guys, just a fantastic performance. You get seven guys into double figures. Miles with 23. PJ had 21, a season high. Uh, Tip of the cap to PJ. LaMelo had 17. Terry with 18. Kelly Oubre with 17. Uh, Montrez got 13. And Isaiah got 11 coming off the bench, guys. So just a very balanced effort. All around. And the thing was, Luka got his. Like, previewing this game, uh, okay, there's a couple weaknesses in Luka's game. Like, obviously, he's a fantastic player. He's not a terrific three-point shooter, and he dominates the ball a lot. His usage rate is, like, the highest in the entire NBA. And so forcing turnovers from Luka was going to be key as well. But he gets 37, right? So, again, he gets 37, okay. But the next highest scorer had 12. Then the third highest scorer had 10. Nobody else hit double figures. Or I'm sorry, they had two guys get 10 points. Nobody else hit double figures. So again, Luca with 37, you had a 12 point, and then two different players getting 10 points. So you really did a good job of taking others out of the game. It was almost the, the opposite of the Atlanta game in the sense that like you took Trey Young out of the game, but others did well. You know, DeAndre Hunter had a good game. Uh, Kevin Herter had a good game. Uh, Okungwu did some good things for them, but but their main guy did not really kill you. In this game, Luca got his. Like he he he, you know, exceeded his scoring average, but nobody else really did a whole lot. And so, you know, again, that that's a huge key to success. Another thing, guys, I want to mention really quickly is turnovers, especially this week, guys. You won the turnover battle in every single game this week against the Thunder. OKC had 18 turnovers to just five for Charlotte, 18 to five against the Hawks, that margin, 12 for Atlanta, nine for Charlotte. So again, you win the turnover battle against the Mavericks. You win the turnover battle again, Charlotte with just nine, Dallas with 13. So again, taking care of the ball and then pressuring the ball, making the opponent uncomfortable, that's really going to be the key to success. That gets you in transition, that gets you easier shots defense leading to offense. Now we know this team's a great offensive team. It's been a much better defensive team as of late. Like if you look at the net rating and everything, been a much better defensive team as of late. But again, just continuing to create turnovers that creates offense, guys, that's going to be a key for this team coming down the home stretch of the season. All right, going to go ahead and transition into the games on the schedule for this week, guys, and it all starts tonight again here in Charlotte. 
with the Pelicans coming back to town again. I hate to say like a game you, I mean, it. I guess I don't hate to say it. Like it's a game you should win, right? Like CJ McCollum's back. Uh, Brandon Ingram has not returned yet for the Pelicans, uh, a team that's playing better. And uh, again, they'll probably be a play in team out in the West. They, you, you know, with the results last night, they beat Atlanta last night. So they're actually in ninth in the West now. Uh, so they're ex- actually right where you are in the East, except their record is 30 and 41. So the East is much better this year than the West, as far as just the depth of the conference and kind of the bottom part of the standings, if you will. But you got the Pelicans coming to town tonight, guys. 7 p.m. tip for that one. Again, uh, Brandon Ingram has been out. CJ McCollum has returned, so he will play tonight. He did not play the last time these teams met. Uh, and again, anytime you play the Pelicans, like, again, there aren't I want to mention this as a quick side note. Like there aren't, I think most rivalries in the NBA, right? When you think about rivalries, you think about player rivalries. You think about Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. You think about Michael Jordan and Isaiah Thomas. You think about, you know, Shaq and Kobe. You think about LeBron and KD or LeBron and Steph or Steph and Westbrook or Westbrook and KD, uh, you know, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. Like it's more about players than it is about teams. That said, guys, like, not to force anything, but like there are several intriguing storylines. And I think like the Pelicans and the Hornets share a lot as far as franchises. I mean, obviously the Pelicans were the Hornets at one point, you know, the original Charlotte Hornets moving to New Orleans, becoming the New Orleans Hornets, then rebranding as the New Orleans Pelicans. The Hornets name comes back to Charlotte. So the shared history is there. Uh, kind of the lack of postseason success as the only teams who's, who have never made the conference finals. Once the Clippers made it, these are the last two teams to never make the conference finals. Of course, there's other similarities. You know, Devontae Graham is now with the Pelicans. Uh, you know, they got Anthony Davis the year that Charlotte was projected to get the number one pick. The uh, the seven-win Bobcats lost the lottery, and Anthony Davis went to the Pelicans instead. So again, a lot of intriguing storylines here. Nothing that, you know, probably will determine anything as far as the outcome of the game or whatever, but, you know, it is very interesting to think about Personally, I like thinking about those type of uh, those type of storylines when it comes to these matchups. That leads you into Wednesday, guys. The Knicks come to town. Knicks, you know, an, an underwhelming year to say the least. Like a lot of heat on Tom Thibodeau's seat right now. Uh, Julius Randle hadn't really lived up to what he did last year. Again, right now they're thirty and forty-one, so they're actually the same record as the Pelicans, uh, but they're in twelfth in the East. They are currently five games out of tenth. So I'm really not expecting them to make a big push coming down the the home stretch, guys. But Knicks coming to town, you've already beaten them twice this year, once in their building, once in your building. Uh, And and again, another game that I think you should win. I mean, just look at the rosters, how the teams are playing. Like, I I just think Charlotte's a better team. But again, when you say that, like, you got to show up. The past couple times when you've been the better team, you've taken care of business. But there have been times this season – when you've let games get away. And so you don't want to, you, you don't want to sleepwalk. Cause as I mentioned, like all these games are crucial. Got to continue to rack up victories guys. That leads you into Friday when the Utah jazz come to town, tough matchup with the jazz. Obviously they're a good team, you know, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, great team defense, good leadership. Uh, and so that'll be a tough matchup. You lost in their building earlier this season. Utah's a very difficult place to play. You haven't won there in, you know, years and years and years. Uh, but an intriguing matchup. Again, it's on your home court, kind of that. I almost I almost allude this week to like a a copy of last week where, okay, Pelicans in town tonight. Like that should be a win. If you want to say that's like your easiest game of the week. 
the Knicks coming to town on Wednesday, that's a bit more challenging, I think, but again, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. The Pelicans, I think, are actually a better team, but again, a game you should win. Then a team that you think, you know, on paper, they're better than you. The Jazz, I think that's fair to say, but it's on your home court, kind of a marquee matchup, if you will, uh, 7 p.m. on a Friday night in Charlotte. Can you rise to the occasion and get another signature victory in front of the home fans? We will see. And then Sunday, guys. Sunday, you're in Brooklyn taking on the Nets. Big one, as that will determine the tiebreaker for the Nets and the Hornets this season, guys. They've they've split both matchups so far. Uh, Charlotte won in Brooklyn in the beginning of the season. Then Brooklyn obviously came to town, and Kyrie dropped 50. Uh, but, you know, unless something changes between now and Sunday, Kyrie will not play in this game, as it is in Brooklyn, and they still have the vaccine mandate where he is not eligible to play in those games. So, that being said... That definitely will help out Charlotte. We'll see. I'm not expecting Ben Simmons to be back anytime soon. So obviously they have the best player in Kevin Durant. But again, you've beaten this team on their co- on their court before this season. No Kyrie. Can you get a big win? Get that tiebreaker secured? Again, we'll see. A big opportunity coming up for Charlotte. And really, don't mean to jump too far ahead, but like a very interesting and challenging kind of three-game stretch coming up uh, in four days. So you have the Jazz in town on Friday night. Sunday night, you're in Brooklyn taking on the Nets. And then Monday night, you're back here in Charlotte taking on the Nuggets. So again, the Jazz, the Nets, and the Nuggets. Three really good teams. You play them in four games, or in four days, rather. Two of them on your home court. So again, interesting, interesting matchups, guys. Uh, As we get closer and closer to the end of the season, as, as tough as that is to believe and as hard as that is to believe, it has flown by. Again, you're 36 and 35 right now, so you're 71 games in. You got 11 to go. You're six and four in your last 10, so trending in the right direction, guys. Kind of taking a quick look at the standings, real quick. So obviously, seven through 10 is the play-in game. Now, pardon me and and please forgive me, as on last week's episode and on our guest interview, guys, I have no clue what happened. We got totally turned around. So the play-in, guys, eight visits seven. 10 visits 9. It is not 7-10. It is not 8-9. Eight, 8 visits 7, 10 visits 9. So that being said, guys, getting to ninth means a home postseason game. It's not technically the playoffs, but a home postseason game. So that's why getting ninth is important. Again, if you get to 8th, 7th, I mean, the higher you go, the better, obviously. So taking a look right now, guys, 7th is Toronto. They're 40-31. and 31. Seven games out of first. They're six and four in their last 10. They are one game behind sixth, which is Cleveland right now. Eighth is the Brooklyn Nets. They are 37 and 34. They're 10 games back. They are five and five in their last 10. Ninth right now is your Charlotte Hornets, 36 and 35, 11 games back, six and four in their last 10. Then the Hawks bringing up the rear in 10th. Guys, they are 35 and 36, 12 games back, and six and four in their last 10. Now, 11 through 15. The Wizards are 11th. They are four and a half back of Atlanta. They are three and seven in their last 10. And I am just about ready to mark it down with Penn that they will not be in the postseason, meaning the top 10 are essentially solidified. All that's left to be determined is the standings, the final seedings, and the matchups, guys. So again, can you get to eighth? I'm not sure you can get to seventh with this much, you know. So little time remaining in the season because you're four out of seventh right now. Uh, and Toronto is six and four. I mean, they have been playing all right recently. They lost to the Lakers, a tough overtime game just a few nights ago. But can you get to eighth? If you get to eighth, you'd visit Toronto. But again, you got two chances to win one game. 
So that's a, that's obviously a uh, a better situation to be in than having to win two out of two games to get into the playoffs. Because the goal should be to be in the playoffs. Like, I mean, this team is capable of doing that. I'm not going to put a ceiling on this team. Like, this team is a team that could be in the playoffs. I think they've shown that this season. It's all about finding consistency and playing to their abilities, guys. Again, finding consistency. I'm not sure if you guys have seen the uh, the graphic that went around on Twitter. It was before the game against the Mavericks. Uh, but Charlotte was it, it was almost just blew my mind when I saw it. They were 35 and 35 on the season. I believe it was 17 and 17 in home games, 18 and 18 in road games. They also had a net rating, so basically the sum of their offensive and defensive rating that was essentially zero. Like it was as close to to even as there was in the league. Uh, and, and guys, they were, they had a perfect record against both conferences, I believe. I mean, it was just bizarre, like how how balanced it was, how just, you know, that's the whole thing about finding consistency. And I think that's what kind of frustrates some fans. And I've said it before, where like, it's just that in and of itself maybe isn't the surprising part, but like how you got there, right? Where, okay, you've beaten some great teams, you've lost to some bad teams, so finding consistency, guys. Here, here's the actual stat. I have it pulled up. 113 offensive rating, 113 defensive rating, 35 wins, 35 losses, 17 and 17 at home, 18 and 18 on the road, 22 and 22 against the East, 13 and 13 against the West. Now, again, that was before the game against the Mavericks. So those numbers are different now. But all that to show, guys, like just find consistency because it's not – I think it's just the wild swings and inconsistencies that really kind of drive some fans like nutty, if you will, and make fans frustrated. So can you find consistency? And then another key for this week, guys, before we wrap it up, handling prosperity. And by that, I mean, look, I mentioned it at the top of the show. Things are good right now. You've won four in a row. You're in ninth, playing well, feeling yourself, some winnable games coming up. Don't blow it. Be ready. Keep your head on straight. Handle prosperity. You know, I would say act like you've been there before, but you you really haven't. I mean, you're a young team. Handle prosperity. Show up. Take care of business. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Just keep the main thing the main thing. Like all those cliches, guys. Handle prosperity. It's almost like you don't want to be the team that can only win as like a scrappy underdog team. Like how do you perform when there are expectations? How do you perform when you've begun playing well? That is yet to be seen, guys, but a great opportunity lies ahead this week. All right, everybody, so that wraps it up for this week's episode. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. As I always mention, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing, for following on Instagram, for following on Twitter. It means the world to me, guys, as I continue to grow our show, grow our podcast, provide you with Charlotte Hornets content, Charlotte Hornets coverage, guys. Thank you so much. We are nothing without our listeners, so thank you to each and every single one of you who is a listener of the show, guys. It means the world to me. I am forever grateful for that, guys. Thank you again so much for that, guys. I hope you have a fantastic week, and I'm looking forward to talking to you again next Monday on the next episode of the Bring the Scene podcast, guys. We'll see you then. Go Hornets.